Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I'm so excited to talk with you about the relationship between rest and work, and in particular, how we can take time off to rest and refresh and be with our family when we feel like there's so much to do that we can't step away. And this is something that I've been thinking about for a couple reasons. First of all, because this is always something I'm wrestling with a little bit in my own life. And secondly, because we've been working on our brand new uh, Pray and Plan, a planner for Christian teachers. And we're so excited with how it's coming out. But this is something that we've thought about as we've developed the planner. How can we have tangible things in the planner that help people prioritize both working hard and time off to rest and refresh? So I want to share with you a few thoughts and things that will hopefully be really helpful for you today. And I actually started talking about this a little bit earlier this month in one of our quick thought episodes. But after I finished recording it, I thought, man, that That was only like scratching the surface. I want to come back to this and talk about it more. So what I want to do in particular is look at what the Bible has to say about rest and about work and explore that a little bit and then give some practicalities for um, how can we, as I said, how do we rest and take time off to refresh without feeling guilty and overwhelmed at all the work that we have to do? And I think there's some key both spiritual and mindset shifts that we can make here, all right? So let's start by talking a little bit about what the Bible has to say about work. Oh man, we could have hours on this. There's whole books written on this, but a few short key points. First of all, we know we are called to work heartily for the Lord. Colossians 3.23, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, right? So we work for God primarily as Christians, not for people around us, not for our administrator's approval, our student's approval, or the parent's approval, or even our own (laughs) approval of ourselves. We ultimately work for God. And I think that's something that we all know, but we don't always actually integrate into our view of our work. And we're going to talk about how that applies here in a little bit. Another thing to recognize, though, is that work is good, okay? Sometimes we look at the fall and we see, okay, work is cursed and childbirth is cursed. And so we think like childbirth is just like this cursed experience. Work is just this cursed experience. And on one hand, that's true. Both of those have been cursed and have a lot of turmoil and trouble associated with them. However, We can't miss the fact that both of these, work and childbirth, were initially created by God and given to man and woman before the fall. So childbirth happened, well, it didn't happen, but if if Adam and Eve had never never fell, they would have still experienced childbirth. And they definitely would have still experienced work. And they did a, a little bit to an extent, right? Work. So work is good. Work itself um, is a good thing. It was designed for man before the fall. Work is not part of the curse. Work has been cursed, if that makes sense, okay? And part of, so working 
is something God gave us. It's something that we're supposed to do. That's why there's this desire in us, and especially it depends on your personality. But for I know for me, like there is a desire to work and I get a satisfaction out of that. And so what I'm trying to say here is that that satisfaction we get from a job well done is designed by God. That was part of um, creation before the fall. However, Work has been cursed. And so now it comes with all kinds of turmoil, right? Um, we have to battle laziness. We have to battle pride. We have to battle other people's, um, you know, sin towards us and our sin towards other people, right? All those interpersonal relationships get messed up. Things don't always turn out as we want, right? We work really hard and it doesn't always pay off. All of that is part of the fall, the curse on work. But the point is that work originally was good, It's still good. It's just fraught with trials because of the fall. Now, why are we talking about work? You're saying, Linda, I know we have work. This is obvious. I have work every day. But we need to sometimes step back and think, like, biblically, what is work? Well, our work as a teacher was created by God for us to do for him, okay? So if our work was created by God for him, That's where we have to keep that in mind because what can often happen is we can get so ingrained in our work and take on so much extra responsibility and, you know, think I can't ever stop working. When is that really what God has for us? If our work is for him, shouldn't we take on God's perspective of how much we work and when we stop? I think absolutely, right? If God created work and he's the one we're working for, we need to take his perspective on when we rest, right? Not necessarily our earthly um, boss's perspective or our earthly minds, our own personal perspective on it, right? Okay, so let's look a little bit now at what God has to say about rest. Well, you all know, I would imagine, or if not, I will share with you, um, that God instituted the Sabbath rest in the Old Testament. And this is patterned off of the creation week where God worked six days and then took the seventh day to rest. Presumably, He did not need that rest, right? He's God, but presumably as a pattern and as an example for us. And we've talked a lot, and I'm sure you've probably thought a lot about how, you know, that pattern is clear that our bodies and our minds need rest. We need times of work and times of rest. But I really, as I've been thinking about this, have realized that I think there's more to the Sabbath rest than just rest for our bodies, And even rest for our minds. I think there's also a deep spiritual significance for the Sabbath. And I cannot be completely dogmatic. You should go to the scriptures and search this out for yourself. But as I've been reading various scriptures um, and where they mention the Sabbath, I'm really seeing this kind of theme underneath it. And I want to share a little bit about it with you, okay? I really think the Sabbath back then, and it has great applications for us today, which we'll get to in a minute, has more to do than, like I said, just the rest. It's also about trusting God with our work and the results. So let's transport ourselves back, you know, thousands of years. Um, There's still, obviously, there's still many farmers today, um, but let's um, think back to, most of you are not farmers, right? You are teachers. So uh, let's think back to Israeli times where they're farming, okay? And I don't know a lot about farming, but I know there are certain times of the year where it is all hands on deck. It is busy. I mean, 
when it's time to sow the crops, very busy. When it's time to harvest the crops, very busy. And I know there would be a huge, huge temptation for that farmer to say, I can't take the Sabbath off. I have like, you know, the barley harvest is happening now. And if we don't get it in before this happens, it's going to go bad. Like we have to work every day right now. Is this, we, it, this is busy. I can't stop. Right? Now, does that sound familiar? <laughs> I hope that sounds familiar, even though we're not farmers, right? And what God was telling the Israelites is, I know you're busy, but it doesn't matter how busy you are. You still need to take this time off because I have ordained it. It calls the Sabbath, the Bible calls the Sabbath holy a lot, a set apart day. Um, and it it was, I really believe a lot of that exercise would have been helpful to them in understanding that they need to trust God. You know, I think I need to work all seven days to bring in this harvest. But no, God said work six and rest one day. So me resting on this day is an act of worship and trust in God that he is going to make my six days enough to cover what I would have done in seven days. He's going to make that enough, whether he actually stretches my labor or whether he just provides in other ways or, you know, he's going to get, he's going to give me what I need, even though I'm only working less time, right? If that makes sense. So it's really interesting. This kind of thought comes up a few, there's a few other times in scripture where you kind of see this nuance to it. Um, For example, if you remember um, manna in the wilderness, they weren't supposed to gather it only six days. And on the sixth day, God would provide enough for the next, uh, for for the Sabbath day. So this idea of God providing for that day of rest. Um, Israel was actually also supposed to take an entire year off sowing crops. I don't know if you remember that. They were supposed to sow crops for six years. And every seventh year, they were supposed to not sow any crops. And they they rarely, if ever, actually did that. But can you imagine how powerful that would be actually doing that, following what God said and not sowing crops for a whole year and trusting God that he would make what you have last through that? That is really an act of faith. So what am I saying about all of this? My point is that sometimes rest is an act of faith, okay? Too often, I believe, we... And I'm talking, this is at least me. Maybe you're not like this. But sometimes I think, well, I have to work until I'm done. And I'm not done. So I have to keep working. And I mean, there are times when you have to finish something right now. I'm not saying you never work until something's done. But what often happens in that, if that is our mindset of like, I'll rest when everything is done. Let me just ask you, is everything ever done? Okay, it just and, and and maybe you're like, yes, I have my list, I get it done, and then I rest. Great, that system is working for you. But what can happen to some of us, and I've been guilty of this, is always adding on. Like, there's always more I want to do. Right, I'm a creative person, I have ideas. There's always something else I want to do. So when I finish what I have, I'm like, okay, let's do the next thing. <laughs> okay, and I will literally never, probably in my life, be at a point where I'm like, I have nothing to do. That's just. That's not how my mind works. <laughs> There's always something else to do. So if you re- if that resonates with you at all, you have to realize we can't wait to rest until everything is done, okay? And that if your mind is like that. So sometimes rest is an act of faith, choosing to rest because we know God has called us to patterns of work and rest. So that rest can be an act of faith. Um, now, this is a good time to mention it, the New Testament is not super clear um, how the Sabbath applies in the church age, okay? It's not super clear that like, yes, we're supposed to still rest on one whole day of the week or we're not. Um, so, but the principle 
of Sabbath rest, I believe is definitely still in effect. That's, I guess that's my opinion, but I think you'll see that borne out, that principle that we need to have seasons or rhythms of work and rest. That's common sense. And like I said, I think you'll also see that in the Bible. Um, And I think that choosing, like I said, that rest is an act of faith. It is an act of spiritual surrender sometimes of choosing to trust God over ourselves. Okay. So basically grinding, you know, you know what I mean? That where that grinding where you're just like going, 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 it's getting to the point where it's miserable and you hate it. And it's like, that is not of God. There's also a grinding where you're not miserable, but like, you're just you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure it out. Like, and, and it's just, it's, I don't know. It's a little bit hard to explain, but I guess I'm saying there is that creative, excited energy of work, but there's also that grinding, striving, anxious anxiety. And that for sure um, is not a good spot to be in. So we have to be careful. I think there's also, yeah, and just overworking so that we're not having time for other priorities is a danger as well. So this grinding philosophy, that is not of God. I will give a caveat. On the other side of the spectrum, neither is laziness. So please hear me. I'm not telling you don't don't get your work done. You know, be lazy. You have to know yourself. Most people tend towards one extreme, like have a tendency towards one problem or the other. Some people are more prone to being lazy and working less than they should. Other people are more prone to working too much and not resting. Okay, so you have to know your personality. If you are more prone to taking too much time to rest, this podcast is honestly not for you. You need to work on working harder, okay? But if you are, if you know yourself and you're like, no, I'm prone to not rest, that's who I'm talking to. Hope that makes sense. So anyhow, grinding is not of God. Incidentally, neither is laziness. But we are called to work heartily for the Lord, Because he called us to work and he's the one we're we're working for. So it is for the Lord ultimately. So we need to rest in him as we work. Does that make sense? So we're resting as we work and we are taking time to rest as he has called us to do in the patterns, in the example of the Sabbath, if that makes sense. Now, here's the thing. There are times that are busier, no doubt, okay? So that is to be expected and perfectly normal and fine, that there's going to be seasons of busyness. So I think like back to school is very busy. Um, Sometimes, you know, when report cards are due, it's very busy, okay? Um, But once again, sometimes we wait. Sometimes our busyness is not so much about, you know, a certain season of the year or how much work we do, but it's about the decisions we make about it, okay? So too often we um, wait and just hope things will slow down rather than making changes. So we just assume, you know, I, I can't work any less until things slow down. And sometimes, like I said, for a short amount of time, that makes sense, but not so much for the long time. Sometimes we have to start by making a choice in our minds to prioritize rest and time off, okay? So so here's something to ask yourself, Okay. If you're in a busy season, which most of us, most people are, most teachers are right now, still teaching in the pandemic, right? So ask yourself, is this temporary? And then how temporary? And can I sustain this pace for this season? So example, uh, report cards are due, okay? Okay, I, I have to stay up. I have to work like, you know, three hours tonight to get report cards done. Is this temporary? Yes. How temporary? Just for one night. Can I sustain this pace? Yeah, I can do this. And I'll get back to my regular schedule. Good. That is a good time to work extra hard. Make sense? Um, But, um, you know, and there's lots of examples like that. But we have to be careful. I think that especially in this COVID season, 
in one hand, it is temporary, but it's also not super temporary. Um, you might need to sustain whatever pace you're sustaining for the rest of the year. And so that's the question becomes, can I sustain this pace for this season? Okay. Uh, Another another example of that is like a first year teaching. You know, it's going to be busy your first year teaching or your first year teaching a new subject or your first year teaching at a new school. It's going to be busier than normal. Okay, so it's somewhat temporary, but it's like a long term, you know, temporary. Right. So in that case, it's can I sustain this pace? Is this a healthy pace? It might be busier than I'd normally like, but can I sustain this and be honest? Okay. If you're like, no, I can't sustain this, this pace for one more week. Okay. Then something has to change. If you're like, yes, this is not ideal, but it's okay for this season. Um, then that's different. Does that make sense? Just something to think about there. Okay, let's talk about some practicalities of hopefully some of these mindset shifts have already been helpful for you, but I want to talk about some practicalities of some things you can actually do to take these like general concepts and make them more practical. So what do we do when we feel like I've been working really hard and I just, I I know I, I feel like it's not right. I feel like I'm out of balance. I feel like I need to have more time to rest or be off or, you know, be with my family. What do I do about this? Well, number one, We need to examine our hearts for why we feel the need to keep working, okay? Um, And often what we will discover, if we're really honest, is we might find an idol there. What I mean by that is we might be working so hard because we're actually seeking man's approval rather than ultimately working for God. Because remember, God says, work hard for me and rest, Okay, so if we're not resting, maybe it's because we're not actually working for God. We're working for man. Um, Or maybe it's because I'm getting my fulfillment or my identity from accomplishing tasks or from meeting my own expectations of what a great teacher is. Okay, this is something that I really had to deal with at one point of where and I still honestly, this is one I'm prone to personally is finding my fulfillment from getting my tasks done or like doing something well. That really, that's like my strength, my, um, you know, Clifton strength, my strengths finder strength is achiever. I, I, I love getting stuff done, but that's also then a danger area where it can become an idol, where I find my fulfillment in getting stuff done instead of finding my fulfillment in working for Christ, right? Does that make sense? So we have to examine our hearts and really say like, why am I having so much trouble stepping away? Why am I having trouble not? finishing this and really go deeper than like the first immediate thing. Keep asking that why, you know, well, I want, well, I want to do a good job. Why? You know, what about like, keep going deeper on that. All right. Number two, recognizing that grinding and overwork are not of guard, not of God. So hard work is of God, but grinding and overwork are not, and neither is laziness. So make a decision. I'm going to work heartily for the Lord and surrender my work to him and start working in partnership with him. If you haven't listened to episode 155 of this podcast where we talk with Michelle about grace over grind, I highly recommend that. Um, learning to work in partnership with the spirit um, is, I think, really key in this area. So check out that episode 155. Um, we'll, we'll also link to it in the notes for this episode. Uh, the notes for this episode are at teachfortheheart.com slash 164. All right, number three. Uh, So number one, examine your heart. Why do I feel this need? Are there any idols there? Number two, recognize grinding and overwork are not of God and choose to work hardly for him. Number three, choose at the start of each week when you will and will not work. 
Okay, here's the thing. There's no magic number. This is a super practical one. There's no magic number of hours that is right. It's the intentionality behind this that is so key. So at the beginning of each week or, or you know, the weekend before, you look at your schedule and you say, okay, when am I showing up at work? What time am I leaving? And how much time am I spending in the evenings and weekends? And schedule it, okay? You can say, I'm working Tuesday night from 7 to 9. There is nothing wrong with working Tuesday night from 7 to 9. The intentionality and the boundary around that, though, is huge. It's super helpful in communicating um, with your family as well and helping you feel present both when you're in work and off work. But even from the spiritual element, it's just it's really helpful because you're choosing when to work and when to stop versus just working like until it's done, and then you're never done and then you feel guilty, you know, you feel guilty when you're done because you were supposed to spend, you know, you went you went two hours longer than you planned. And so you feel guilty simultaneously for um, not spending the time with your family and also for not getting done what you wanted to. Right. OK, so instead you're choosing when you're working and when you're not. I would encourage you to pray about this when you sit down each week to do it. Say, God, what would you have for me? And just follow the leading of his spirit. Now, a quick note here. If you want to work on a certain project or task until it's done, that can be very, very healthy, okay? I'm not saying don't ever say, you know, I'm going to grade these papers and then be done. That's totally, totally fine. But what we have to avoid is that working until, quote unquote, everything is done where we're just like, I'm just going to, you know, we keep jumping from one task to the other um, and and we're, we never we never finish. Does that make sense? So yeah, it's perfectly fine to say, I'm going to work this evening starting at seven until this stack of pages is done, until, I, until I'm done grading these papers. Um, that's fine. I would still recommend trying to put an outer boundary to try to see if you can get done within that time. Um, but yeah, what we want to avoid is just working indefinitely and jumping from task to task. Okay, that was a super practical one. And by the way, I'm so excited that we are incorporating this into Pray and Plan, our new planner for Christian teachers. There is a spot each week for you to write down when you're going to start work, stop work, and when you're working on nights and weekends. So I'm really excited to hear how you guys use that feature. All right, number four, when you feel stressed, go to God. Stressed about anything, but in this context, particularly about your work. When you feel stressed about how much you have to do, about how long your to-do list is, about how you don't have time to finish it, go to God. Choose to pray and trust Him rather than stressing, and don't let your mind grind. This is a practice. (laughs) If you're like me, this is not like this is not a switch on day. You know, I okay from now on, I'm good. This is a practice. When my mind starts going down that spiral of feeling stressed and overwhelmed, and like I'm not going to get stuff done, I have to choose to stop and pray and give it to God and say, God, I trust you to take the hard work that I'm doing. I know I'm working hard. I trust you to take this and make it enough. Okay, that is a great practice to get into. And then finally, number five, when you're off, try not to think about work. Now, I'll make an exception. There is a difference uh, between excited and creative energy where you're like, you know, you have an idea and your mind is going and it's like exciting and it's energizing to you versus worried, stressful energy and thinking. That's where, where you're like, you have this problem you're trying to solve, you know, this, this student issue or parent issue, whatever. There's like an issue or a problem and you can't really figure it out. And your mind keeps going back to it and being like, I don't know what to do about that. Oh, what if I tried this? Well, you know, like trying to rack your brain. That is like a stressful, worried energy and thinking. And I would say that as teachers, thinking is a lot of part of our job. So if we are going to take Sabbath rest, whether it's on a Sabbath day or in the, you know, whatever pattern you have, if you're going to take rest, we can't let that stressful, worried thinking into our rest, okay? Um, 
So yeah, like I said, that first kind is good. That creative energy is good. That's really hard to turn off. And I don't even know if we should turn it off. That is that is a good and energizing place to be. I think that's fine. Um, if you're excited or feeling creative and you want to let your mind wander and find solutions in those off hours, that's often how God bring, God often brings us ideas in those off hours. Um, but when we're feeling that stressed and frustrated and racking our brain, that is the time when we need to give our mind a break. That's when we say, okay, you know what, God, I'm going to give this to you. Here's the situation. I ask you to um, bring me a solution. Okay, I'm surrendering it to you. And I'm not going to think about it right now and find something else to think about. And every time it comes into your mind in that stressful way, give it back to God. Okay, and then you say, well, well, then what? Well, one of two things will happen. It's possible God will bring you this solution, in which case it's wonderful that you didn't spend so much time and energy racking, you know, waste, wasted, you know, stressing about it, okay? The other possibility is you'll show up at work and you won't have the solution yet, in which case you need to schedule time to think about it. So you might say, you might on your daily thing say, you know what, tonight from 8 to 8.30, I'm going to sit down and try to actually think about what a good solution would be. Do you see how much healthier that is, though, to say from this time to this time, I'm going to sit and think about this problem. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to write up a list of ideas. Like that is a productive and helpful thing. Just thinking about it while you're, you know, in the car, or try, while, while you're trying to like help your kids and while you're at church and while you're like doing all these other things, when you're trying to be off, letting it intrude um, kind of just ruins your rest time, if that makes sense. Okay, I really hope these ideas have been helpful for you. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. You can um, leave a comment on the blog post at teachfortheheart.com slash 164 or hop over in our Facebook group at teachfortheheart.com slash Facebook and share your thoughts there. I'd love to continue the conversation about this episode and this topic and, and hear your thoughts. We're also so excited about Pray and Plan, our new planner for Christian teachers. We are hoping to have that available for pre-order mid-April. So stay tuned and we'll definitely let you know when it's ready and we're excited to share more about it. All right, let's pray real quick before we go. Father, thank you so much that you call us to rest um, and to work, that both of those are gifts from you and meant to be acts of worship. Help us to worship and honor you in our work. Help us to worship and honor you in our rest and show each of us where in our lives we need to, where we've gone off track, where there are idols in our hearts, and just turn our eyes and our hearts and our minds towards you and help us to worship you both in our work and in our rest. Thank you so much um, for Jesus. Thank you that he, uh, that your spirit is at work in us and that he covers all of our failures, all of our shortcomings in his blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you guys again so much. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.